welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Halloran, joined today with my business partner, Kirk Lowe, and we are going to dive into something that we feel very passionately about, which is a, a, a marketing strategy called Pick a Fight, where we're going to go ahead and strap our gloves on and go toe to toe with something that most of you believe very strongly in. And we're going to really challenge you today. And all of it is going to be about lead generation. So here are the three major things that we're going to be talking about. Number one, that lead generation companies for advisors, the lead generation company owns the audience. You don't. We're going to dive into that. Number two, using other people's content might get you some attention, but it's not necessarily from the right prospect, including using some of the funnels that are out there. And last but not least, how important it is for you to start building marketing equity by creating your own content. Kirk, what's up, man? How you doing? It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. We're here with two microphones <laughs> and I guess cameras in front of us these yeah. days. Yeah. It's You're looking spry today, by the way. You look good. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was up early, so I'll crash <laughs> soon. All right. Here's the deal. Owning audience. So when people talk to me in the sales process about ROI, one of the things that we talk a lot about is one of the metrics that most marketing companies shy away from because it's hard to quantify, which is an owned audience. Please define that and tell us what it means and how important it is for an advisor to own their own audience. So there are a couple different ways to, to measure an owned audience or define it. And the first way that the, the marketing uh, world would do it is say that you own an audience when you own their email address or their, a way to communicate with them and their approval to do. That's what owned audience means. But there's another, there's a variation of that. And from our perspective, we agree with the email address, but it's an owned audience is somebody who's opted in because they find you what you share with them valuable and they want to hear from you. And so that feeling, and that usually means getting their, their email address and what you get from owning their email address and owning their attention and, and being in control of, of being able to communicate with that is that you get the chance to be in control of contacting them on your terms and not just people who raise their hands. So when you're working with a lead gen company, you, you only get to own the email address of the people who raise their hand and say, Hey, I want to talk to you. What you don't get to do is just own the audience of people that came to somebody else's website to read an article. So they're building thought leadership and owning the audience. And they let a couple squeak through to potentially talk to you. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference there. So owned audience, another thing to think about with an owned audience Another part of the definition is that not just lead gen companies that own the audience, but so does social media. If you think about it, if LinkedIn shuts down, you do not 
own that audience. You rent that audience, but you do not own it. And that's why the marketing world, the best people in the marketing world, they still define owned audience as owning somebody's email address with their permission to contact you. So it's opted in. Opted in. So you go buy a list, you do not own an audience. You own an email list and it's illegal to buy a list and to contact those person unless they've opted in for multiple for them to sell their list to other people, which typically they don't. So hopefully that makes sense. Need mm-hmm. any clarification there? So I yes. I do need clarification because one of the other things that, that you and I were talking about before we hit record is so you buy X number of leads you get their email address, so you own them, but so do other people. Can you talk a little bit about that too? Uh, it's like the mad dash to the phone when the lead comes in. Yeah. The thing about using lead generation companies to grow your businesses, they're bringing on the audience that they attract, which may not be your audience. And the more niche your businesses, the less likely it is that those people are quality leads for you. And you got to remember how they're coming. They're probably skeptical, right? If they're coming to a site, so it's hard to get their attention. We do have a really great example in our company of one of our more influential advisors actually uses lead gen, but they didn't use it before. But now that they got their own content, they can qualify. So they're using it as a, a funnel, but they're, they've got a whole bunch of their own content in to qualify whether or not they fit. So they're comfortable turning away a lot of people to find the ones they want. That raises their cost of finding a client, mm-hmm. right? But they are getting quality people, but it's all content-based follow-up from them. But they have a own your audience marketing approach. So it's not like they're giving away that opportunity to own the audience because they're building their own audience other ways. That makes sense? It does. Lead gen is not worth it if you don't have your own content. And that's what we're trying to push up against right. here mostly. And we are picking a fight. Uh, I don't think we've really strapped on our gloves here. I think we're yelling across a crowd because they're not in the ring with us to actually fight we're fine to do, but I'm not sure lead gen companies want to engage us in that. But so I don't know if I answer that question. Well, well here's the deal there, but we, we'll see <laughs> this episode goes live. We'll see if we have any of our people in financial oh, yeah. services who offer lead gen. I, I want to tell a very quick story. I, I was finding out the value of my truck. We've talked about my process of buying and all of that stuff before on this podcast and many social media posts. So I, was, I went to Kelly Blue Book and I was trying to see what the value of my truck is now because I got it at an amazing price. I'm under miles on my lease. And so it's going to be worth more when I turn it in. It's good for me to know. So in Kelly though, Kirk, it asked me to put my phone number in and I wasn't really thinking about it because it was just whatever. I'm in Kelly Blue Book. I'm like 20 steps in already. It's got my VIN number and all of these things. Dude, the minute I got my number, my phone blew up. People text messaging me, people calling me, and I don't answer my phone. I'm not, if I don't know you, I don't answer. In fact, my phone's on do not disturb all the time. There's like three people who can get through. 
yeah. in their family. And I'm not one of them. <laughs> and you're not one of them. I love you to death, but you're not one of them. But dude, and, and I- That's it, your personal phone. It is my personal phone. Yeah. But that was one of those things where I'm just sitting here. I'm like, oh my God, what the hell did I just do to myself? And this is exactly the same thing. Somebody clicks on something online. I need to know more about it, a Roth conversion. And then all of a sudden their phone blows up. Ah, what year is this? Man, I just, that that's- The yeah. idea that they get that opportunity to go- you came, presented yourself because they don't want to do the work. Right. And that's maybe a good segue. It is. It's a perfect segue. Thank you for that, Kirk. So here's the next question. Why are lead generation companies so successful at selling their product to advisors? Because they give them the illusion of diligence. They make you think that this quick and simple automated will do it for you approach is marketing. It, it's a very, it's a small subsection of marketing. It absolutely has a place. I don't think this is where advisors should put most of their eggs. It honestly, it's the illusion of diligence. And there's unfortunately too many advisors who check off that box by paying a couple hundred dollars a month to a lead gen company thinking that they're getting it done. And I'm not sure exactly why I have some ideas. I think that the predominant marketing force um, with lead gen companies has been, that's the silver bullet. It's quick. It's automated. We'll do it for you has been extremely uh, well accepted across the industry as the best way to do it. It's this industry has not have a history being big or competent, competence, right? Diligent spenders on marketing, right? They're not, this industry is not got a, a track record of doing that. We spend over 25% of our revenue on marketing over. Mm-hmm. Most companies in financial services, RIAs spend between two and 3%. Think about individual advisors, IARs as well. The spend is right in line with what lead gen is. How do I spend a little bit of money, maybe a couple hundred bucks, maybe maybe as much as a thousand a month to create a system that sends me opportunities. And I'll do what this industry, I'll fight for their business. I'll call them, I'll email them, I'll hook up with them on social media. I'll ignore my social media channel, offer no value on it, but that is not what social media is. It's just a, it's just a, a Rolodex that I can, people that I can post them in business and they should say, Hey, I need what you do. Can we talk? I'm curious how many of our listeners have been brought up with that mentality where they've learned the craft of owning a financial advisory business. Mm. I'd say it's most people. I think it's most people too, right? Because most people, at least from really Gen X and older, we were raised in this industry where you got a phone book, right? It was, that was the old school way yeah, to grow. But let's at least, let's not, maybe that was happening in the late nineties, but let's jump to the early two thousands. Sure. 
Volstaco tool well, here. But, but here's the other issue, though, is what you're still saying there is advisors talking at their people, not with the prospects. It's mm-hmm. the same sort of thing with you getting a lead. But let's dive into this lead generation companies right. being successful a little bit more deeply because there are, and I'm air quoting here, results that they can always point to. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. It's wonderful to feel like there's an easy button to a result. The thing is, what does result actually mean? And I think so many companies default to the most measurable stuff. I was on a call with a big content company and talking about how, hey, can we find a way to take your content, turn it into topics so that our clients or your clients can figure out how to own and make it their own. And we started talking about the idea of podcasting, using that, leveraging that for podcasting as one of the mechanisms to redistribute and share that content in their own way. And somebody in the company piped up and said, wait a second here. Here's what I really need to know. What's the the ROI I can share with my customers? Because that's all they care about. And how are we going to measure that? And... I said, we measure it not as a return on investment, return on influence. And I went through the five things and they said, if I can't, if you can't come to me with a number, I can't go to them. And I thought to myself, what a (laughs) limited view. Mm -hmm. Being able to measure and track only objective things is a nice to have thing. But you do not need to have that. There's so many things, which is so funny, that we look past that we don't judge being the most measurable thing that are staples in our business. It's We know you have to have a brand. We have to have a niche audience. Go measure that for me. You can't. Okay, so you're saying you shouldn't have a niche audience because you can't measure it the way your clients want? And you know, people don't have a lot to say, and they just say, doesn't really matter because my client, my prospect or my client that I'm working with is in financial company who hires us for marketing only cares about that. So, well, then you got to educate them, <laughs> which is what we've spent decades doing is trying to educate people on long marketing. How do you build momentum? How do you build equity? If you listen to Matt and I on the podcast, we go on and on about this stuff. I want to you just said something and we did a really fun episode a little while ago about saying, here's what advisors say and here how that applies to marketing. Mm-hmm. Here's another great, it may not be great. It's, I, it's great in my mind, might suck, but here's the deal. The number one reason why your clients refer to you isn't because the quantifiable aspects of what you do. It's not for your rate of return. It's not how amazing your financial planning process is. It's not how much money you save them on tax loss harvesting or taxes Mm -hmm. or any of that stuff. It's because of the damn relationship. You can't measure that. You can't measure that. The only way you can measure that is the number of referrals you get and then asking the questions, which is okay. Hey, Kirk referred you to us. Why? Why did you decide to actually make the call or set the appointment? Mm -hmm. But the unquantifiable aspects of what makes advisors great are the same unquantifiable aspects of what great marketing does for you. Sorry. Absolutely. How could you argue against what Matt and I are doing right here with financial advisors? How do 
we measure this. We measure this by, is our audience growing? Are they engaging in our social media? Engaging as in not just looking at it as an impression, but actually talking to us, asking us questions. When we go to conferences, do people recognize us for our thought leadership? Do they show appreciation? There are ways to measure that, but we're not tracking how many people are at an event that came up and hugged Matt and said, thank you, <laughs> or how many, we just know what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's subjective, but it's powerful. And we've never done anything else other than thought leadership to grow our business here. Yeah. We know it works. We know lots of people understand that it should work. So stop focusing on return on investment and only the most easily measurable things. Use your brain. Think about companies that are highly successful and how powerful their message is, how niche their audiences are. Hey, we had a guest on, Natalie Hales, who talked about seven, I think it was 70% of top advi producing advisors have more defined niches than the average advisor. Yeah. There's a lot of marketing companies have actually done a really good job at talking about that. And it's not, it is a little bit scary for advisors, admittedly. I understand that. But when you narrow that and you pay attention, now imagine adding value to that audience. Yeah. Right? How does lead gen do that? How do big, how does big lead gen, big content companies and lead gen companies, how do they help you figure that out? How do they help you niche? How do they help you build relationships and connect with pre-canned content without that personalization, that individualization? You talk about what the most important things are, Matt. Probably the most important thing of all is not just do I like you, but do I think you care? Yeah. How do you show you care by signing up for an automated content system? Or calling somebody saying, hey, I heard you were on such a lead gen website and I'm here to fight for your business. Here's why I'm better than the other two or three people calling. And, and when they say, here's why I'm better, it's all the unquantifiable things that the advisors lead with yeah. in order to make it so they look different than the other advisors. I've got access to all kinds of products. I'm a fiduciary. Yeah. Yeah. I've got this credential, that credential. Greatest I've been in business for this long. Yep. Yeah. People trust I have a really me. big office. Yeah. I don't really know, man. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right. You said something I want to go back to very quickly because we actually have a, a, a number of existing clients of ours who not only so they started creating their own custom content. So that's what we do, right? So we help our clients create their own personalized content. And then after they had that really great foundation, then they were able to access and utilize big content and lead generation because they had built such a solid foundation in place. The issues are many of you seem to think that there is one solution to the problem of growth. So let's talk about that, Kirk. So lead generation are, they know all the buttons they need to push well, with. Here, the here's the problem. Anytime you integrate lead generation, even if it's a small synergistic part of it, it, it has an opportunity to provide you opportunities. And then you got to sift through and get the quality ones or let your content thought leadership, you know, throw that into the mix when you get that opportunity and, and see who bubbles up to the top. But there are 
I think there are better ways to spend money. The truth is that lead gen company still owns that system. Yep. And it's always better to own your own system. So why not turn your authentic content into your own system that you own the whole way through you own it. Ideally that's better, but Hey, if you've got to use that as a mechanism to help get people into the door, because it, it is a challenge for, from a mindset perspective and from a revenue generating perspective for advisors to say, Hey, look, I know it's going to take me four or five years to build my influence. There are ways to win in six months, 12 months, 18 months, yeah. two years. There are ways to win, but you're, the real benefit is going to happen five to 10 years down the road. Like where this becomes more like a machine of repeatable stuff. And you've got people out there advocating on your behalf. And so they're doing the marketing for you, that kind of thing. It's when you hit celebrity status. Mm -hmm. So, there are ways to win. If this helps you win early until you get more momentum, I think it's a, I think it's a really, it can be a really good fit. But this, the thing is, if you can figure out other ways to do this and you own it the whole way, so get them back to your, get, be in a podcast, get them back, go to problemouth.com, take our short influence assessment. That's what, that's what, that's what we're working on. We own that. We own the system, we built the tool, we own the podcast, we own the content. If you decide that you want to give us your email address, you'll get an email newsletter from us that kind of sums up everything we've been doing and talking about. If you didn't have time to do that on your own, you can also mm -hmm. hang out with us on social media. Yep. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram now. Yay. So that's how we do that. You can do the same thing. You can own your own system, go to the website, get offer some value. You get a really great report with that influence. We call it our rocket booster influence assessment. You can get a cool little score, a report. So think about owning that for yourself, right? Instead of going to somebody else who has their own system that, so figure, figure it out. I think there's a timeline where it makes sense and it can help you move forward. And Hey, if you found a way to make that work where you found the right lead gen company, or you found a way to get a little more targeted with it. And it can be just like a tap that you turn on and you know how to maximize the outcomes. You could leave it going, right? Have a little thing on the side and then do your own thing. and own that. And the two of them together may be really powerful opportunities. Yeah. But you don't start with that. Start by owning your own marketing, your own voice, your own content, your own niche audience, right? Move from having a bunch of people who are skeptics. Talk, don't talk to skeptics. Talk, try to talk to fans. If you're not building fandom, that's a problem in your business. You're so really missing one of the key points of marketing, which is to build relationships with people based on you providing them value that makes their lives and their worlds better. And showing your expertise, right? It's Matt jumping in for a second. Are you an advisor who wants to go from being the seeker of clients to being sought after? Then Influence is your answer. It's the only marketing that's left for today's advisors. If you want to know how much influence you have right now and how to get more of it, take our free five-minute test and get your Influence scorecard. Just go to ProudMoth.com to start.
So we're going to switch yep. gears just a little bit here because, again, one of the things that lead generations co- tell you is that, again, it's an A plus B equals C equation, yeah. but there are really a number of problems with it. And, and one of the ones I want to highlight and make sure that you talk a little bit about is Google uh, and YouTube specifically values and promotes custom, unique, authentic content not something that they saw 700 other advisors, 10,000 other advisors go ahead and post. So talk about that, please. I th- Yeah, just to start off, there's an, a new search engine in town, really two. And one, one is chat GPT, right? Mm-hmm. That if for all intents and purposes, it's acting as a search engine for a lot of people. And what's some really cool news is, where did I hear this? I don't remember. I don't know if it's from you, but that Bing is going to make a big comeback as a search engine because, because of the AI. they're both owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Really interesting. Anyway, the gloves are off between those two companies. No doubt. Oh, yeah. Even more and more. Anyway, the question here really about the... The algorithms, the world, users are becoming more and more sophisticated and they recognize that they want value too. So is it conceivable that lead gen companies are going to struggle with their big content, canned content? I think the answer is yes. I'm sure they'll maneuver around it and hopefully to the benefit of advisors. Maybe they figure out how to help advisors own the system with them. I don't really know what the answer is there. I don't know what some of these lead gen companies are thinking to evolve with what's going on, but I think it's getting easier and easier to build your own system. And I think it's becoming more and more valuable to own your own system. And I think it's becoming more a viable, like doable, especially with a company like ours around and and not just working with us, but hanging out with us mm-hmm. and learning how to build that. And Hey, This is the thing about building a relationship with a company like us, as an example, is we're here trying to lead an industry in the right direction and things evolve. We don't have all the answers right now, but we're working on, like we have a bunch of answers right now and we're working on the next ones. Mm -hmm. We already know what's coming and what we want to build. So we're here with you. And AI stuff, working on that. How to own your own system, all parts of it, working on that. Teaching you how to do that on your own so that if you don't want to hire marketing companies, but you want to build your own marketing team, which is a really good idea. Not a good idea. It's an amazing idea. If you want to invest in your company like that, owning your own stuff, it's good. I think you're always going to have to outsource because it's really difficult to get all the skill sets you need inside of your office, depending on how, how big you are, but you can still build a team that understands and can coordinate the whole thing. And and then you can move parts in and out. If it's not working out, that's an incredible way to build in my opinion. All right. I don't know. Did I answer that question? Meh. I loved your answers, but it wasn't <laughs> where I was trying to push you to go. Just well, to be that happens from so, time to time. I know. That's all right. That's right. Or don't make me answer it. Okay. They're saying that they're the easy button. Yes. How is that not true? And you just 
foreshadowed some of that, but, but we need to talk about that because you just said it's very difficult for advisors to find the right people to really do really con- great mo- marketing internally. You have to have all of these disciplines. So a lot of advisors are like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to press the easy button. So let, let's talk about that because we understand that time is money and advisors don't have enough time because they're doing stuff. I think Google is pushing us towards, not towards the easy button, but towards the reality button, which is Authentic content for a specialized audience is the future. Yeah. They're helping. Uh, they're helping us, don't you think? I do. I think it's the companies who tried to really tried to take advantage of the fact that Google didn't seem to care about that stuff as much, or the algorithms didn't. Now. <clears throat> I don't know how they're going to address it. I guess they're going to find a way to have niche topics and drive through a topic, like having personas in their marketing. But I think the real alternative is there is they would have to have a whole bunch of microsites that focused on those niche audiences. Yeah, I think that's where the algorithms are leaning towards. And that's why you as a financial advisor should too. If you start dumping a bunch of content, for starters, if you're dumping big content on there, like canned content from these Bad big you know, content libraries, you're not getting any SEO value. In fact, you could be getting negative value, mm-hmm. which is that you're not standing out. So you're doing the opposite. And so having your own content on your own website for your own niche audience is becoming more and more powerful, more and more recognized as authority. As I air quote for our podcast only, audio only listeners, that's the way to go. But I think where the algorithms are going for search are serving what we're trying to say because it's been the right thing to do. And it's what people, it's what consumers want. It's becoming more consumer centric. Right. And so, that's so I'm sorry. Hold, hold on a second. So somebody buys a lead, right? You have no idea if that lead is somebody who is going to resonate with your content. And you don't know if that lead is within your specific niche at all. It could just be somebody from the general public who is really a bad fit for your company, which again yep. is why, yes, it's showing the illusion of due diligence and activity, but is it, are they the right people? You're still push marketing instead of pull marketing. But we have to talk about effort before we wrap up the show today, because we hear this a lot in the sales process here at Proudmouth is, okay, Matt, I need to know how much time this takes. How hard is this going to, for me to be to execute this? And after we explain it, the advisor, gee, that's way easier than I expected. Yeah, we've done a lot of these. So Kirk, talk about that. Talk about the effort here. That's a huge component. A lot of advisors don't understand that you can create custom content with not as much effort as they're probably thinking Mm -hmm. in their mind right now. And it's way more effective than just pushing that easy button. I wonder how people define effort. What if you changed like your outlook on effort? I to And I think effort always seems to be something that you don't like to do. And then it seems like more effort when it's something, not something you don't feel comfortable doing or don't like to do. You usually don't like to do something because you don't feel comfortable. Like you don't feel like it's your strength, right? Mm-hmm. So, but what if you were able to adjust your mindset to enjoying what you're doing and then it doesn't feel as this much effort and then it becomes just creating a habit of doing the good things in your business 
And so here's an epiphany that Matt and I had that started our company, which is we knew that we had lots to share with advisors about our experiences and our expertise sets, which were complementary, different perspectives, but came together and had a lot of similar views on serving our listeners. And what we did is we started a podcast and quickly realized that podcasting was an enjoyable experience in the week. Yeah. Is there a little bit of work to figure out what we're going to talk about? Yes. We found ways to make it easy to get there. And because we were aware that we had one, we could take moments during our week to quickly jot down ideas. And then eventually we would have focused time to create mind maps, key points, or an outline. And then we started podcasting and we've gotten a lot better at it, but it's still the same idea, which is we show up, we enjoy it. We've grown a lot as professionals doing it. Mm -hmm. We've created uh, a wonderful business. We keep learning. We evolve our thinking. I think I've said things different today on two occasions, right? How do we define effort? I've never said that before. Uh huh. And there was one other thing. We just keep, every time we talk about it, and that's because we don't come in with a script. And as much it, as it doesn't always go exactly like the outline. <laughs> and yeah. Matt, that's Matt's, that uh, yeah. probably drives Matt a little bit nuts. I, good thing is, is Matt's so good, such a good listener that if I shift because that's what happens, <laughs> <laughs> there's no explanation for it, that he's listening so we don't get stuck. Now, sometimes I get stuck by listening and I start thinking about what I'm going to say and I might miss a nuance to Mark. So that's on me. But yeah, effort is, it, it doesn't seem like as much effort, but the reality is it, you still have, if you're going to build your own system, you got to put the effort in, you got to put the time in, you got to, first of all, you got to believe in it. You're never going to put the effort in. If you don't believe what we're talking about, you're never going to get started. But you said something that I really love, and then I'm going to have you wrap up the show today. <laughs> and here's what you just said that I absolutely love is our clients, after they have podcasted for about three to but about six to eight episodes, just to be fully transparent, it does become fun. Because they're talking about something that they love to talk about and they're passionate about and they're enjoying the format and they're enjoying the time limit and they're enjoying the discipline surrounding it. And it becomes something that becomes part of their lives, just like it has for us. I can't tell our listeners how often we'll get done recording and Kirk and I will have another 30 minute conversation about what just happened on the podcast that we just came up with this more content and more ideas. The idea that we just talked about the unquantifiable aspects of marketing and the unquantifiable aspects of what makes a great advisor. That, that could be a whole damn book, let alone multiple podcasts. But anyway, mm -hmm. uh, you have an appointment soon and so do I. So we need to wrap this puppy up. Why don't you go ahead and sum up and, and talk about the, the three major points that we talked about in the show today. And I'm going to do a quick call to action at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Lead generation companies own the system. They own the audience and you don't. And you need to consider that before you invest in that, especially if you're thinking about doing it as a long-term approach. Short-term, if you've built another part of a system that you own, it can be a win. But you need to figure out how you're going to leverage that if, if it's something you plan on doing or already doing. 
Number two is that other people's content may get you activity, but not from the right people. So if you're, if the world of things, the internet of things is leaning more and more towards niche or specialization content for specialization and authentic content, you need to be thinking that way too. The marketing world is pushing, the internet of things is pushing or leaning, if you will, towards that more and more. So you need to consider that too. And how do you, how do you get activity from the right people? That's a really important thing to consider. And number three is start building your own content so that you can experience the uh, five, five ROIs, return on influences. And we've done a podcast about that. So maybe in our show notes, we can add the link to that episode or you can just type in return on influence on proudmouth.com. Start building, so start building your own content, own your own audience and grow your marketing equity. Marketing equity means that every year, let's say, that you are producing your own system, your own content, you have more and more of an audience, a niche audience, you have, and you own that and every year that gets better and more valuable. And that is something to be proud of. It's something that's going to help your business grow long term. We call it sustainable momentum. And that is marketing. That is the true essence of marketing. That's the the most beautiful stew you ever made. Man, I don't know why I went there. It's just the the perfect ingredients, the time, slow cooked. That's how you get the beautiful, that's the beautiful recipe for your business. And it takes time, it's investments effort. But if you find out how to have fun doing it, and Matt, for Matt and I, that's doing, most of the time it's doing podcasting. Yeah. Although Matt is having a lot of fun doing video and I'm starting to do more and more of that. And hey, of this podcast is on YouTube as well. You know, that marketing equity is a beautiful thing. By the way, when you build marketing equity, there's actually an equity, a real equity component to that. Because if you want to sell your business someday and you've got this system, your business is absolutely going to be worth more. I love talking to M&A people about this and here in business coaches who work with advisors who are selling or have sold. And it's pretty incredible how many stories there are about how that marketing equity adds value. It also makes your business a lot more attractive to buy. Like you'll actually get a chance to close a deal because of that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Kirk. I really appreciate it. Now here's the deal, everybody. Listen, you can hire us to to run your whole podcast for you, your social media, and create unbelievable content and post it on your behalf in our managed influence services. Or you can join our Pod Rocket Academy. Now, I talk about the Pod Rocket Academy a lot, but I talk about the free version. And today I want to take just two seconds, maybe five, to talk about our paid version. If you join the intermediate level of the Pod Rocket Academy, you're going to get access to about 40 hours worth of courses. Eight hours a month of office hours where you can meet with our influence engineers and me to talk about whatever you want to talk about from a marketing, branding, video, content, social media standpoint. We are there twice a week to help provide you and your team amazing feedback and education. You can show up and say, hey, here's the cover art for my podcast. We'll tell you if it's a good idea or not. This is the sort of stuff that you can get at only $99 a month in our Pod Rocket Academy. And the most important thing is, is your whole 
office gets access to it. So you as the primary advisor can have your team go into the Pod Rocket Academy and learn everything they need to know so that you can market in a great way, a compliant way to help accelerate your influence and in stopping the best kept secret in your area. It's only $99 a month. Intermediate level, go to podrocketacademy.com. For Kirk and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.